So I'm Q, and this is Bird Road, and today we have returning guest, two-time champion uh, Jeff Campbell at Jeff Miami. He's the chair of the People's Progressive Caucus of Miami-Dade. He's a, a notorious Bernie bro tough guy, so I'm gonna <laughs> try to watch myself and not get my ass kicked. <laughs> Jeff, welcome back to Bird Road. Thank you, I'm happy to be here. So I saw that you were fresh off of a trip out west and I mm-hmm. uh, wanted to talk to you about that, like what you were doing out there in terms of, I guess, gearing up for the, the stretch run. Um, and also kind of pick your brain on what the tenor is of, of talking to people here in Miami, how they've been receptive. Obviously you've been pushing Bernie's message out, Bernie Sanders' message out here going to get to a lot of what's been going on yep. this week. But first, I wanted to touch on that. Like, how are people, what, what were you doing out west? And, and then, you know, how are you, uh, how are you applying it out here in Florida? So, um, actually, my trip out west was more just to visit a friend and hang out. But while I was there, it just so happened to be that there were some Bernie Sanders events that I attended, spoke to some people out there, saw how their movement's going, how it is grassroots style down there, actually visited their office since they've opened an office there, which is pretty nice, Um, and then attended a Bernie uh, New Year's slash like organizing party, New Year's Eve, uh, which Sean King uh, was attending and spoke at, got to meet him, got to speak to him and pick his brain for a few minutes, and that was nice to have that experience. And then, yeah, I mean, uh, as for Miami and the Bernie message around here, uh, I've heard only positive feedback so far. Um, I've seen lots of Bernie Sanders stickers and things like that on cars, more than I've seen for other candidates. Uh, when we do, we do this canvas and um, art walk um, yeah. during, uh, yeah, not our Basil, sorry. During the art walk, which is every like second, second Saturday. Saturday yes, every every month, second yeah. Saturday, we Over usually, yeah. yeah, we go down there and sometimes it's anywhere between 10 to 20 people go down there, all wearing our Bernie stuff, passing out, you know, literature, um, holding big signs, big Bernie heads. Uh, and that's been getting amazing reaction. Like people stopping in the street and cheering, chanting Bernie, like, you know, there's the occasional someone who screams out communist yeah, or, yeah. you know, whatever, but they're mostly people. It's still Miami. <laughs> it is still Miami. And it's crazy that there's not more of that. Like, I would actually think you'd hear more of that or yep. more maybe someone trying to get into it with you over Trump. But most of the time, it's people that are really happy. And most of the time, it's actually people that want to take a picture with, you know, the, we have a Bernie cutout or a Bernie sign and they want to take pictures with it real happy. Um, the majority of these people are probably under the age of 30. But there are even good pockets where we get, we'll meet somebody who's, you know, 60s, 50s, and they're also extremely excited. They can't believe it. We've also seen uh, people from out of the country extremely excited and saying, like, we we hope you get them this time. Like, so there's a lot of positive reactions. Um, But so far as in um, organizing, a lot of what we've been directed to do from the campaign for as um, volunteers is to call out of the state. Mm-hmm. and to call um, the early primary states like Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, South Carolina. Right, because it's not quite Florida's time right. in the sun yet. Not yet. What's surprised me, and we're going to get into some recent polling lately, but what surprised me to this year versus four years ago mm-hmm. is how different or how much more receptive the state of Florida at large and then our little pocket of South Florida here seems to be to a stronger, more progressive message and I mean, I'm wondering if you're seeing that beyond just that anecdotal stuff, like people being happy, cheering mm-hmm. at Art Walk. But I mean, is there like a sea change? I, I think four years ago, the, the big narrative was like a lot of the conservative parents and grandparents are aging. 
they're aging out of the level of influence mm -hmm. and their kids did not inherit their politics. And right. I'm, I'm talking specifically about Miami in this case, right? right? Are you seeing any of that? Um, yes. I mean, well, I'm seeing a lot of, as if we're just strictly speaking about Bernie, mm -hmm. I'm seeing a lot of people more receptive than the last time, almost like they've been conditioned to him. They've seen him, they've heard the policies. And honestly, most people do agree uh, with the majority of the policies. Sometimes it's not all the way, not everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've seen, I mean, it really is generational is what I would look at the Bernie support in Miami. It's crazy the way it's, it breaks down. It just, I mean, not just nationally, but right. like really starkly here in Miami. Everywhere. I mean, it in Miami specifically, I see people who support Bernie uh, from like, you know, men, women, Latinx, you know, people people of color, it doesn't matter. Like if you're young, I've seen like the support there, but it, it, it does tend to like break off at around, you know, 50, mm -hmm. 45. Yeah. It, Though I don't want to uh, leave anybody out, there are people that have right. joined our events that are, you know, 50 and above. So, but yeah, the majority of what I see on the street or when I'm speaking to people on the phone is that it is very um, age-driven. The the divide over who supports Bernie and who does not. It's really sad to find out that I only have about 10 years left before I become a monster. <laughs> um, exactly. So, speaking of monsters, let's talk about what's been going on this week. Um, the first thing I want to ask, because I think that everybody who's listening to this podcast already has some context about all the primary intrigue that's been happening. But from your memory, was this around the time four years ago when Bernie sort of started to make a move in the polls, when people sort of started to pay attention? Because I'm trying to remember, and I'm sure it's one easy Google search away, but I've got right. you here. I might as well ask you. So off the top of my head, I would say that this is about the time when things really did ramp up. I think... It was like New Year's. I, I know for a fact people were already starting to like, oh, who is this guy? There had already been debates in town halls before New Year's. But this really was, yeah, what, up, coming up to Iowa when he like when he they showed that he could actually win or do very well in these uh, prime, early primary states. That's when it really flipped the switch and people were like, oh, wow, you can't you know, you can't ignore this. This is something that could actually happen. Right. Which is what people have been saying for a while, that as soon as people start paying attention, a lot of the support for, for instance, like Joe Biden, who has been a front runner pretty much since he announced, mm -hmm. will start to soften as soon as the, you know, variables like, or, or the more set uh, factors, like just general brand name recognition, um, start to dissipate and things start to become a little mm -hmm. bit more um, attentive. People start to pay a little bit more right. attention. It feels like yeah, we're at that, that point. That we're right at now. that moment. I basically, used, when I would talk to my friends or people that we were organizing with, I'd say kind of like, after New Year's, everybody better be ready to go. Cause that's like, that was kind of like the, the break off where that's when, you know, people are busy during the holidays. They're not gonna be fully into the politics, like the nuances, but like once the New Year's over, there's not much else going. The football season's probably about to end. Uh, yeah, people start really zeroing in on uh, the politics and this primary. So I think, yeah, this is exactly the time to get as focused as possible. And um, yeah, Iowa's only like three weeks away. So then my follow up to you would be this. There are weeks that seem like they're incredibly important and that mm -hmm. a lot of things happen and there's lots of movement, uh, debate weeks a lot of times, right. uh, you know, things like what happened this week. Will this week, you know, fast forward to Milwaukee and, you know, eight months from now, 
will this week be one that we look back on and we say like, oh my God, a lot of stuff changed. That was key. That was critical with this entire Elizabeth Warren imbroglio right. and the all of the madness that we're going to talk about in a second. Do you think that this is going to be one of those ones where we're like, oh wow, we look back on that one? I think yes, for especially for people on the left. I think nobody is going to ever forget what went down, and I'm sure we're going to discuss yeah. um, at that debate. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, I know for me personally, as somebody who's defended Elizabeth Warren uh, and been not attacked but given a little bit of uh, crap from some people on the left over even defending her, uh, it was a moment that really made me upset because you know it was like I'm not I'm never going to forget the day that. You know, she revealed that, yeah, you know, went fully mask off. Yeah, yeah, mask off time. So, like, it's going to be tough for anybody, I think, who's obviously a big time Bernie supporter. It's like how they remember the last time when Elizabeth Warren said nothing during coming leading up to the Massachusetts primary. She said nothing. It's going to remind people of the last time when during Standing Rock, a lot of people thought she didn't do enough to make, you know, that a statement on that. So, oops, sorry. So yeah, I think that uh, it's not gonna be, I, that is a good question of if it will for the larger uh, electorate matter as much, but I do think that it's gonna be hard to forget that moment on that debate stage, especially the little moment with the hot mic where right. you know she wouldn't shake Bernie's so, hand. So let's get into it and into the backstory of it, right? So what, what's been alleged uh, by, and a lot of this is so sticky, and you're gonna have to keep me honest here because mm -hmm. you probably know a lot more of the details than I do. And depending on who's, Twitter feeds you follow, you get different information. Right. But like uh, two years ago, about two years ago, there was a sort of a post-mortem meeting or a, a coming together of different high-level people in both of their teams. And there was a meeting in person between Bernie and, and mm -hmm. Elizabeth Warren. Uh, of course, Elizabeth Warren had famously been pushed by Bernie in 2015 to run, uh, chose not to because I think she, the, the, the story is that she didn't want to take on Hillary Clinton Right. Wanted to keep one foot in the establishment and right. not sour her relationships there. Bernie, of course, did. Uh, made an incredible showing that nobody expected. Uh, almost garnered half the vote during the right. course of the primary season, which is impossible to know because of the nature of caucuses. Right. In that meeting, uh, Bernie, uh, to his word, again, a person who in 50 years of public life, nobody can spot a lie that he's ever told. In it, uh, To his word, he said... In 2020, Donald Trump is going to use whatever a person's nature is, or whatever a person's potential or perceived drawback is, if they're black, if they're a woman, whatever. He's going to use that in a very cynical way to you know, campaign against them. Uh, according to Elizabeth Warren, somebody who doesn't have quite as spotless of a record with the truth, right. uh, Bernie said a woman can't win. And right. so what did you think when this whole thing started coming up and bubbling up? Did you have any, like knowledge about this or were people talking I, about this prior so i knew very well about them meeting like i had known all about that i never had been given much information of what was really said during that meeting i know that it was about you know them discussing that each you know like one, viability and the viability like and who's going to run and the whole thing um my gut reaction on it was that I trust Bernie, as you were saying, because he's been one of the most genuine and truthful candidates that there's ever been in politics, especially modern politics. So I was just like, 
it sounds like maybe this is something that got lost, like a telephone, like, right. you know, where you, somebody says a little bit of a story. What I've been saying one- is it's like, it's like a fish story where mm-hmm. over the course of a couple of years or whatever, you start right. to embellish mm-hmm. and it becomes something different than what it yes. actually was. It's, I mean, that's being up until the actual, what we actually saw on stage Tuesday right. night, that was the most generous and I don't think yes. that it's possible to be that generous anymore with the, with exactly. the interpretation of what happened. So that was when I was being generous and still trying to be like, I don't think Elizabeth Warren would go in like this and do this something this, uh, this yeah, like devious almost. Um, so I just kept giving it the benefit of the, of the doubt. But once we saw that she said, you know, did you accuse me of lying to Bernie right. Sanders? Like. No, that means she is, and she knows, I mean. Rehearsed you, and prepared. Prepared, and, yeah. and, and you know you're on a mic. Like, when you're at a debate, you know that you're mic'd. When you're a politician, you're coached that you're on mic, don't say anything. Right, that you don't want That you don't want to get out there. So she knew what she was doing. Um, I, I believe she did it, again, because the cameras would be zooming in, and it would be more of a story. She could say it on a mic. Oh, you lie. Like, why are yeah. you lying? She like tripled down on it. And at this point, like I've lost pretty much all respect I had for Elizabeth Warren. It's tough. I like still some days want to hope that, you know, it isn't this way, but it's pretty blatant. It's hard because there's there's no, there's very few mm -hmm. examples of leftist or progressive or anybody who even just on a policy level that you can kind of agree with in not just in the Senate, but in Congress at right. large yep. and in politics overall, like yep. it's, it's very marginalized positions that, that we hold, even though they are mm-hmm. popular broadly among people, you know, right. it's, it's hard. And when you lose somebody yes. and they take their mask off and they turn out to be a piece of shit, you're like, God yeah. damn it, man. It, it was painful to see it. It was more painful to see that, you know, I could actually see Bernie. Like if you watch the video, you can tell Bernie's like, is this, the really? moment he becomes deflated, he's it, like, "Really, you're he's doing like, this? You're doing this to me? Really? I, yeah, I, yeah. I feel like he didn't even believe, and I, I, I honestly don't think he thought that she would do something like this. Right. Um, so yeah, it was definitely upsetting, a little heartbreaking, and I don't know how Elizabeth Warren would ever, you know, get back, get past this. I mean, I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that this happens at a moment when I think it hadn't been since maybe the fall or even the late summer when her campaign was showing strength. Right. Since then, it had been a pretty steady decline. Yes. Her support, I felt like, had always been um, similar to some other uh, other other people who turned out to be also Rands, um, had always been really soft. It had been squishy support. Right. And and sure enough, like when, when, she, when she sort of botched her uh, her initial announcement with this terrible decision to do a dna test and announce her presidency yeah and and she i think for the first month or two she was pulling low single digits Mm -hmm. and you know managed to get the media on her side and had this this great run there where she was miss policy i have a policy for that i got plans it was super easy because it was just mostly copy pasting and then adding a little bit of means testing from bernie's platform right um if it it just feels really cynical that it happened right now at this sort of what I feel is, is kind of like a nadir of her of her campaign. It's mm-hmm. like kind of desperate. It felt yeah, desperate. It felt desperate. She was up in the polls, and then she's been down major in some of them and declining in most of them. And the, particularly early states, right? Particularly and, Iowa. And the caucus is coming up. It's within at that point within thirty days. 
So out of nowhere, she remembers a conversation they had eight months ago, or not even her, somebody remembers yeah. an, a conversation they had eight months ago, four anonymous sources. And they, at this moment, come out with this story. And then also the fact that Elizabeth Warren pretended as if like, this entire time she said nothing. She says, Bernie Sanders is my good friend, my good friend, right. my good friend. Out of nowhere, she's all upset and gonna like confront him on a stage. Why would you lie? Like. It just seems forced, and as you're saying, like it seems like yeah, she the campaign is crumbling, and this is their last hope that they can break off some Bernie supporters. Yeah, I think that, and one of the more unfortunate things, and uh, you know, we try to keep an even keel in terms of like if you go back in our catalog and through the Bird Road catalog, I'll tell you right now, we're fifty fifty in terms of women and men and women voices on this show. And yeah, this is two guys talking about a woman right now. Uh, but right. I think that the narrative that's that's not really taking hold, but that you see some people on social media trying to push of like, oh, I, you know, this is probably the most cynical thing I've heard. The, the like, oh, I thought we were supposed to believe women now, which right. is like this co-opting of, oh, okay. yeah. of of you know the of of the language of Me Too and the mm -hmm. language of you know believing women and who are survivors of sexual assault and things like right. that was. Incredibly disappointing, but I, I don't want to talk about that because I, right. you were two guys sitting here, and I want to exactly, like get into yeah. all that. But like, what I what I do want to talk about is the, the these like this interesting overlap between where I think she has support or where I think she, her people think that she's going to get support, which is from an old nemesis of Bernie's, the the Clinton side of mm -hmm. things. I think it strikes me knowing some Clinton supporters that there was a, an element of Hillary that 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 they loved. And it was something that a lot of people hated, which was her 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 ruthlessness mm -hmm. and her cold blooded. Like she was a damn good politician. Yep. She lost, and she lost in a really bad way. But she was, you know, for yep. a long time, a very good politician. And I don't think that Elizabeth Warren has those kind of instincts. I mean, everybody's no. talking about her lack of instincts, yep. and it just seems like whenever she, it, whenever with this brand that she's built, she should have zigged. She chose to zag. It, yeah, it always it, seems that way. It almost seems as if she, I mean, I've heard, I don't have the, the stats or facts in front of me, but I've heard and I've seen that it's been backed up that she's taken on um, hires from other campaigns. I know for a fact the Julian Castro campaign, a bunch of people, and I've heard that there's some ex-Obama staff that are yeah. also on her campaign. Anybody it, that didn't catch on with Buttigieg. Right, <laughs> and so it seems like almost that this is some kind of advice that was given to her from some right. consultant or some insider who said like, you know, they looked at the numbers, they saw that yeah, somebody who's, who, 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 who uh, uh, focus grouped and right. You know, and and it something. seems like they were like, you know what, you need to go after Bernie. And I think that, you know, they leaked it to the press as part of it. And then she took it the rest of the way that the part that makes me sick is that Elizabeth Warren would actually go along with something like this. Yeah. That she should have been like, I'm not going to do that. If we want to go after Bernie, let's do it this way. Let's do it on policy. Let's do it on, you know, some not on some made, some story that he said a woman could never be president. Right. I mean, even if he said, any, it just seems like they've twisted any little possible thing that he said like that into, you know, a, a woman can't be president. Right. But, you know, he's already said throughout his life th for 30 years, even longer, that multiple times that women can be present yeah, publicly on camera on camera to kids to little kids yeah. to elizabeth begged elizabeth warren to run in, as you said before in 2015 i mean it just I, doesn't add up it's um 
and I want to I want to shift gears and talk about the debate a little bit. But okay. um, it seems like she wasn't alone in terms of kind of going mask off in, in, in during that debate. It was I hadn't seen as somebody who was in the media and worked in a newspaper and worked in, um, you know, at a, at a, a, a national cable network for for a while in, in my life. And saw the inner workings of the way that a lot of these things happen. I had never seen something like what I saw from CNN on, oh, right, on yeah. Tuesday night. Yeah. I, I I couldn't believe it that it was that blatant. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the mistake, and this is like a eternally true fact about the media about how out of touch you can be when you're a member of it. That that they would think that the, collectively. Because there's never just one person that makes a decision. It's right. not just Jeff Zucker or something right, like that. Right. It's a collective sort of hive mind mm-hmm. that migrates towards a stance like this where you try to shit on specifically one candidate that sort of poses a risk to you know your standing. Um, it always strikes me that they think that that's going to hurt the candidate. Elizabeth Warren, I feel like, could hurt Bernie. Elizabeth Warren could stake out 10 positions to the left of Bernie and probably be more of a threat to him right. than... Any news network could be mm-hmm. by by doing this. I would say the worst thing that CNN could do would be to like uh, to fully embrace Bernie's platform because then I would wonder about Bernie. Right. But exactly. I don't know. What did you think watching that performance? Right. I mean, it just reminded it, it just extra proof that the media is against Bernie. That you know that the people who own these stations and the people behind it that fund it are not for Bernie. They think that he will create a change in their lifestyle for the worse. They're not too concerned about the rest of us, the 99%. Um, And I do think you're right. There's like this bubble in uh, the media where even if you're not the billionaire who runs everything, it's like it still behooves you to keep that that going. So uh, I think that you're right. I think that if that, you know, they keep doing this, it somehow helps Bernie, but as being the anti-establishment candidate, um, and most people do not trust the media. Like if yeah, you right talk now, to someone in this moment, yeah. in the last five, 10 years, it has just tanked completely yeah. bottomed out. And it's sadly, I don't think that it's because, you know, Trump likes to say fake news, but I think Trump has just capitalized on the fact that how bad the news has been local right. and national, you know, it's like just entertainment instead of, you know, facts and, you know, important issues that are going around, uh, going on around us. So, uh, yeah, I think that the media is a major, major problem, but hopefully it will help Bernie in a way just because people don't trust the media. And they and now that it is how you're saying so blatant, yeah. you know, what I mean, like Bernie Sanders said, I did not say that about Elizabeth to, to Elizabeth Warren. And then they go, so when uh, Bernie <laughs> when Sanders he literally <laughs> said that, right, when Bernie Sanders said that and like they just segued right into it, I was like, wow, OK, I was actually um, surprised how they sort of deviated away from like these accepted time allotments that they usually mm-hmm. have whenever there was something cause, cause uh, give him credit. Bernie is great at staying on message. Yeah. And whenever there was a moment where he was pivoting away from more salacious stuff to core issues that mm-hmm. were, uh, you know, about inequality and just a- about the, you know, the, the glaring lack of, of, um, you know, public, uh, publicly funded healthcare that we have in the country, whatever, anything that was substantive, it seemed like that coincided with, thank you, Senator. Thank you. Your time yeah, is up. Yeah. And it, I, I, I felt like a lot of times I was timing it out of my head and they were random 18 seconds, 23 mm-hmm. seconds. It's, mm-hmm. I, it just, 
again, I keep using this phrase mask off and it felt like it, it felt like uh, watching, I don't know, a high school football movie when the refs are like cheating or something. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It felt it felt silly almost. Yeah, um, it's it's rough. It's tough to watch it as a Vernie supporter, but, <laughs> you know, we are somewhat conditioned to it at this point. That's how I feel just from watching, you know, the way MSNBC, CNN covered it for the in 216, like how enraged I got, because that's when I really got awoken to what they're doing and how they treat him specifically. Um, so I'm used to it. So I was like, here they go again, back on their bullshit. But, you know, for yeah. most people, I do hope that they're seeing how blatant it really is, that it isn't just us complaining all that. Like they like to blame the Bernie bros, yeah. always complaining and getting angry. But, you know, there's a reason we're upset. There's a reason that we're emotional. There's a reason it. you have to be a tough guy. Right. That, that I have, have to, to go be around t- intimidating people. <laughs> did you see the, um, the, did you get a chance to, I'm sure you did, the, read the New York Times profile that Bernie, and, and, that they've been doing for all the candidates. Right. And, yeah, I did read some of that and it was actually somewhat fair. Some uh, of it was fair. Some of I, it. I, I thought that the question of whether or not he has an Amazon Prime account was very loaded, <laughs> which, and it pisses me off. And I wonder if you get this too. Um, you and I are both, leftists, mm-hmm. people who, whatever tag you want to use, progressive or whatever, right. who participate in the world around us and participate in capitalism mm-hmm. because it's a capitalist world that we right. live in. I'm so fucking tired of hearing this stuff. Oh, yeah? Did you type that on your iPhone? Right. And it's it, as if you, as if uh, any product or any specific thing that you use in life is a, a, a byproduct of a system as opposed to just like the labor of people. Right. I, I don't know. Do you, do, 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 I get it. I get it all the time. And, uh, or I'll, you know, that's a lot of like the trolls online will, uh, the Republican trolls will, yeah. will drop that on you. I don't, I don't even remember if I've seen that from a Democrat, but I wouldn't be shocked. Um, well, it depends on the definition, I guess, of Democrat. Right. Like, uh, I can picture a whole lot of Buttigieg supporters uh, <laughs> who would yeah. probably trot that out. Luckily for me, I am not an Amazon Prime member, so I don't even have to worry about it. And when I go to Whole Foods, they're like, so are you a Prime member? I'm like, no, nah, no, not yet. Not, Would you like to sign up? Not no. with Bessos yet. I know. But I, that just reminded me something. I was in a Whole Foods last week wearing my Bernie shirt, and the worker, like the, the cashier at the front was like, Bernie Sanders, that's my man. He yeah. got me my money. Like he knew right yeah. away. So that was, I tweeted about that, but, and it got a good uh, reaction, but it was genuinely one of the nicest things. Like I just, you could see his face just looking at the Bernie shirt. I don't know if he's political. He didn't act like he was ex- extremely political, but he just saw Bernie and was just like ear to ear. Well, smiled. that was always the promise I thought of the, of the 2016 campaign. That was the unfulfilled promise, right? That we never got a chance to find out and God willing will, you know, or Yahweh willing, whatever that we're that that uh, that will get to test or put to the test mm-hmm. this time around is this bank of people who don't vote and who are, I mean, if you've been if you've been broke and I talk about this stuff a lot on the show, like if you've been poor, like right. if you like if you've been dirt ass poor in your life where you are falling behind, you're not keeping up, you're falling behind every week. Mm-hmm. The, the th- things like elections come and go without you even realizing it. Yep. All this stuff that we focus on and that you spent like, you know, 12 hours today working on mm-hmm. and that I'm here, you know, uh, recording a podcast with you about and that we're like on Twitter complaining about doesn't exist in the world right. of most of these people. Yep. And I feel like I wonder if you're seeing that, too. Like if if if, if there's this like bank I think it was almost 50 percent of people eligible mm-hmm. voters mm-hmm. uh 
who didn't participate in the last general election. Right. I've seen a lot of people. Um, it's happened at least three or four times in Miami specifically where I've either gotten into an Uber or I spoke to them on the side of the street because we were holding like we were doing one of our Bernie events and somebody's come up to me and said, yeah, oh, man, voting doesn't matter. They screwed Bernie Sanders last time. I liked him and they screwed him and, you know, nothing's changed. So like I've seen a lot of that happen, yeah. which is um, discouraging because it's specifically they're st they're upset now thinking that withdrawing further, withdrawing of, yeah. further because of what happened with Bernie last time. And these people did not seem like they were like like mega super right, Bernie right. people, but they seemed like that to them, like seeing a guy like him who's genuine and, and real, and then seeing what happened to him in the last election, kind of like, yeah, put them through more of uh yeah, they, they're recoiling from politics a little bit. I Luckily, those interactions I had, I really did push the fact that Bernie's running again. He has more support this time. He has the most money, and I try to, like, get them going. Yeah. I did have two of them did take signs, so I think that is at least a positive uh, move <laughs> that at least they're going to probably. Something. It's something. It's better than them saying, nah, screw it. Elections don't mean anything. I don't even want to sign. I don't want to have anything to do with it. So... Yeah, that is a, a big problem. There's a lot of people that are, you know, just so sick of Trump, so sick of just elections in general, because it, it does feel like it's been, but since the Trumps, especially since Trump, that like politics are just so negative and like in your face every day on yeah. the news, even on the comedy shows, on everything. I know my mom will call me and say, she's so sick and tired of politics. She doesn't want to see anything anymore. She's tired of them talking about Donald Trump. She's not a Donald Trump supporter, but that just shows you a regular person who's not in to politics yeah, and like even they, democratic leaning like they're so sick of it and like even sick of the the trump stuff they're like i'm right. tired of even seeing this on my television so the instinct is to shut it off right not just the tv but just out of your brain right so yeah. they want to just watch something calm and peaceful and laugh well there's something there's it. something going on there and I feel, I feel like it's like a i've thought about this before and it feels like sort of like a reverse or an inverse i should say of like what obama did um I think one of the big failings of the Obama administration was coming in with this huge mandate and then making these incremental reforms that were very difficult, very difficult to discern if you even felt them. Right. George W. Bush sent out everybody in his first year, his first year of his first term, sent out a check to everybody. I remember getting one. I was like 20 years old for uh, for 700 bucks. Everybody got a check and you knew that George W. Bush gave you that. Everything that Obama did was very systematic and small, and it made headlines, but it didn't make an impact in your life. And I think about the like the Uber drivers you're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. They they see headlines probably about people, you know, children being in cages at the border, and uh, you know, Muslim countries not people from Muslim countries not being allowed in, and all the other egregious corruption and, and terrible things. But their lives are probably also still being impacted by you know by the the disastrous overinflated economy that yep. that's being set up and mm -hmm. uh you know the fact that they had 2.1 trillion dollars siphoned away from them and sent up to the one and to the top 10 percent but it's being done in that sort of obama-ish way where they don't maybe immediately feel it right and i wonder if that's if, if that's something that in a general election will work in favor of the trump administration very good point i think that I'm hoping that people have seen enough of, you know, the silliness that Trump brings with him. Um, but you're right. The biggest concern I have from stuff I've heard from actual voters is that they just think the economy's doing great right, right. now. 
Right. That's the big thing. Oh, the economy's doing great. Um, you really got to scratch the surface to see that it's, it's not. not. Yeah. Right, that it's not full employment. There's right. all kinds of different you know things that prove it's not doing so well. There's people that are driving Uber because mm -hmm. as a second job because they ha can't even make ends meet because you know there are multiple people needing multiple jobs. I where I work, people need to work. No, yeah, there's no such thing. You everybody has to gig. Right, and it's ridiculous because the way that our that our that our by the way, this is one of my pet peeves that I always fucking talk about on this show is the way that our well, I talked about it like three times. The the way that the way that our government counts multiple employment holders it's tracked by the um, st louis fred they're the federal repository i forget whatever mm -hmm. the fred is what tracks right that but that's w2 earners mm -hmm. right as opposed to most people right people like me and people like almost Probably. everybody that i know have one w2 job and a bunch of 1099 gigs yep. for a bunch from with a bunch of clients or independent mm -hmm. work or whatever uber gig economy people they're all 1099 workers and they right. all have maybe some other job that they're doing right and on paper it looks like there's only six million people in the country that have more than one job it's vastly more than that right. there's no way to know how many right. people because none of that data is tracked mm -hmm. and it's one of these invisible things where i feel like our economy is expanding like a balloon and you can almost see through it now right. and it's so close to popping, popping yeah Yep, and that's why I think you know so many people are into Bernie Sanders because he's not hiding from these uh, realities. He's talking about the problems that in trying to fix them. He's trying to help you know people get a living wage. He's trying to create new jobs through the Green New Deal. Um, trying to get us away from you know, kind of bring people over a bridge that gap from the jobs that they'll lose when you change away from oil and gas and all the other types of ways. So. Um, yeah, sorry, I went off a little topic there. <laughs> um, I want to get your reaction to some numbers uh, as we continue to see more polling coming in. Okay. Polling that uh, can be a little incoherent mm -hmm. sometimes. Um, and I think you have to look maybe a, a layer deeper to figure out what's behind it. A lot of it's been good news for Sanders, right? Yes. Uh, specifically, I'm talking about the, um, the Florida Atlantic University poll that came out yesterday. Right. Which had... Uh, Bernie Sanders being far and away the strongest candidate in a general election against Donald Trump, winning Correct. 53 to 47 mm -hmm. in Florida, which is that's something else. And, uh, you know, I've, I've talked to you're going to have to. The other thing I'm going to ask you to do is defend my is is to defeat my position that okay. where I say that if you are a Democrat and you're winning Florida, you're probably not good. Because, <laughs> but that's my very cynical and black pilled position. Right. But how do you make that jibe with a. A poll from the same, the same, uh, 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 I'm sorry, a crosstab from the same poll that has Biden ahead of Sanders, 42 to 16 amongst Democrats. I would say that there's a lot of young voters that do not consider themselves part of any party. They're probably leaning Democratic. And um, I would say that there's a lot of also just independents in general in the state that are sick and tired of both parties. And um, so I think that's where those numbers are making up. I think if you looked at just Democrats in the state of Florida, they tend to be more centrist. Right. So I, it's not shocking to see that if it's just strictly a Democratic poll that you would see Biden leading in Florida, especially in South 
Miami. I don't know. Oh, this was statewide, though. Statewide, right? yeah. But it's still but statewide. But no, your logic holds up. I mean, yeah. anybody who knows this state knows mm-hmm. that that's how it is in South Miami. Right. In South Florida, I should say. And just from what I've, uh, I've worked in voter registration, I, I'm telling you it is extremely hard or it it happened it happens very uh, seldom that uh, young people will just want to sign up for a party. They want to either sign up, yeah, they either would want to just leave it blank or sign up for no party affiliation. And yeah. it's happening uh, more and more. And I think you know that's why Bernie, hundred percent, why Bernie would be you know leading versus Trump, whereas against Joe Biden, it doesn't look like he's leading. Is there a case to make it an open primary in Florida? Uh, yeah, just not a jungle primary. Mm-hmm. So I just, it's, that's a tough one. I don't know enough about the open primary, but I do, I think that, you know, the most important thing we could do in Florida is make it so that you could at least either automatic registration or same day, mm-hmm. uh, registration because yeah, the fact that you have to do it a month out and like you're saying, most people are like in their day to day, not thinking about politics, not uh, hyper focused on this stuff. So because they have to make money to put food on the table right, to live. So uh, the fact that you have to be registered by a random date in the middle of February just to even partake, uh, participate. And there's not really a, a mechanism pro- of a reminder. There's no right. Way, there's yeah. no like TV commercials that say, "Hey guys, elections are coming up. Register to vote." Right. That would be something probably that should be going on. I don't know. Um, there's probably plenty of ways that we could put our minds together and, and make it happen, but it's not happening as it is. And so, yeah, the fact that there's these random dates that you'd have to be registered by to even, and, and I'm pretty sure that it's called the presidential preference primary. And then there's another primary later in the uh, right. year in August for Congress, Senate and stuff like that. So it's really confusing to people that aren't into politics. They're like, wait, is this a pri- when's the primary? It's in March and in August. And, you know, yeah. it's just and confusing. there's a movement. I mean, there's a movement afoot in some states to to create automatic registration right. and, and to get that don't to get that going. But I would not hold if you live here in Florida like we do, I would not hold our breath here. Oh, no. um, specifically today, I wanted to get your reaction to this. There was a Supreme Court decision from the mm-hmm. state Supreme Court um, holding that. Some context for our listeners who maybe have missed earlier episodes about Amendment 4. Amendment 4 was something that passed uh, almost two years ago now that w- uh, that allowed nonviolent convicted felons, um, if they had served their time and uh, you know paid their, their, their penalty to society, to be able to participate in democracy again, to be able to vote again, which they right now are not allowed to. Now, the pay their penalty part has become a tricky sticking point, one that the Republican Party... And our Republican leadership here has really held on to because what they have held and what they've gone to court over is that that interpretation means that felons who maybe have outstanding court fees or leftover restitution or, you know, a lot of this stuff can be very administrative and bureaucratic and uh, it doesn't go to collections per se. It doesn't like it doesn't hit your credit. It's just leftover amounts that maybe you have to pay incrementally over a period of time you come to an agreement with the court um so now until these felons 1.4 million voters mm-hmm. are have paid off their each individual they have paid off their uh whatever debts fines penalties fees they owe they cannot vote right. which is not <clears throat> what the spirit of that law was right anybody who was involved anybody any one of us who were knocking on doors and trying to tell people in places that are you know, largely affected Overtown, Liberty City, Little River about this and, uh, you know, Little Haiti about this, uh, 
trying to get them to vote for this for this amendment two years ago, nobody thought that that's what the interpretation was. It, it doesn't say it. But again, our governor, Ron DeSantis, today defended mm -hmm. it, called voting a privilege, ah. which uh, mm -hmm. we all, I would hope that we would agree in this country that it's a right. It, it's a right. <laughs> um, what is, uh, I don't know, what's your, what, what's your thought on the general state of democracy in Florida under the rule as it is of uh, mostly Republicans? I would say to all the people that thought <laughs> that Andrew Killam was a sellout because <laughs> he talked to Hillary Clinton once. That they were ridiculous um, because we wouldn't be having this problem right now. Andrew Gillum uh, would have never tried to mess. Game with, this in any way. Yeah, yeah would, he wouldn't I mean, have tried to game it or make people have to pay. I mean, these are people that, you know, they've already paid their due. They've gone, you know, they've gone to jail, prison, whatever. And, you know, they've spent their time. And now you're going to try to make them have to pay off all these debts just to participate in something that should be a human right. Something right. that uh, Bernie controversially argued for that you could even vote from in prison right. which other while serving a while, while serving, serving your sentence since yeah. that you're an american citizen you should still have the right to vote and many many other countries around the world have that right um i'm pretty sure even in puerto rico that you can vote from prison uh so yeah it's it's pretty it's wild but yeah it's sad that this is happening i'm not shocked because the republicans in this state are ruthless yeah this is a state where there are given you know depending on what time of year it is there's two to three hundred thousand more registered democrats mm -hmm. and you can read the polling that shows generally democrats out democratic candidates in a, a generally again in a general election out poll republican counterparts but somehow Every single time in these statewide elections, with rare, in the last election, I think there was only one statewide Democrat elected, Nikki Freed. Who uh, was a Republican. Who at used, one point. At one point, <laughs> to be a Republican. And has deep hooks in a specific Republican area of the state. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's just, it, it's tough, man. It's a tough road to hoe in Florida. They, they, the Republicans hold every lever of power yeah, here. pretty much. Yeah. Everything. Um, I, yeah. I, th I think that... Um, you know, I don't know if that hurts Bernie's cause or not in the state of Florida, actually. I think the way things are going, it actually helps him because of how bad it really is. Um, and, yeah, DeSantis is exactly who, you know. He's we always made, thought he was. He's the made, guy who made the commercial yeah, with, with his the, daughter or whatever. A little or, kid, yeah. His little kid building a wall to keep people out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, um, all right, so just since we've been talking, this news item came in uh, okay. off of Reuters. Sanders climbs now tied with Biden among registered voters, Reuters Ipsos. So nice. U.S. and it's not tied. He's actually 2019, but they're calling it a tie, I guess. Okay. Statistically. Yeah, U.S. Senator Bernie Sanders has been steadily climbing in popularity this year and is now tied with former Vice President Joe Biden for the 2020 Democratic presidential nomination among registered vo voters, according <laughs> to Reuters Ipsos National Poll. Now, here's the thing. Um... I'm going to paraphrase it, but basically this poll encompasses a uh, a period of time that includes the debate performance. This last debate. So yes. this, yeah. So this includes what has happened in the last three days. Yes. So what does that tell you? I think that the little feud between Elizabeth Warren only helped Bernie. And I think it just brought more attention to him. I think it... it this is my opinion. I think it made her look weak. And I do think that that actually is now showing in a poll. Um, you know, it's it doesn't hurt him because most people see through it. Yeah. Um, I, I'm i a man, so I can't give 
you know, my full opinion on it, but my, I talked to women who watched what happened and even, and these aren't women that are Bernie supporters, they're Bernie, you know, accepting, but they're not like a Bernie supporter. Right. And they thought that it was a, a really weak and uh, they, they claimed, quote unquote, that they saw through it. Yeah. So I think that that's totally showing. It I mean, felt, like, yeah. yeah. So I think that this poll is maybe showing that this little feud helped Bernie Sanders. And it goes back to the same thing. And it kind of well, what it tells me uh, is that I'm looking forward to caucuses because mm -hmm. anybody who's uh, caucuses suck. They're ridiculous. Yeah. It's insane the way that they work. But if you're pushing for Bernie, then they kind of work for you. Because, right. again, every and I don't want to just pick on Elizabeth Warren in this case because it's everybody. I mean, I think it's Joe Biden. I think that you could say this about, um, with the exception of a really dedicated few psychopaths, Kamala Harris's supporters, um, <laughs> a lot of, like, everybody's support is so squishy compared yeah. to Bernie's. Yep. And the way that caucuses work, I don't know if anybody out there listening, I mean, we have a lot of listeners in Vegas. If you've been to a caucus, you know how it works you it really depends on how dedicated you are right and how much you're willing to put out there mm -hmm. it's an endurance trial it's not just showing up and voting right so i i feel like the consolidated strength of bernie's support is something that can help him in in these early states oh yeah i i think bernie i i don't know the exact stat on it but bernie supporters majority of them are with bernie there's no wavering there's not that's it they're for bernie so in these caucuses, they're not going to waver, right? Like it's a, a system where you can kind of like bring people over to your side. Right. And the Bernie side is not going to waver. And like you're saying, like in these first few states, you're going to have the Warren, Biden, Buttigieg. Like I feel like that you could move those those supporters almost to eat any of the other one of them. Right. So I think it is going to help Bernie. I think that uh, Chris Matthews last night even <laughs> acknowledged this, which um, for those who don't know, Chris Matthews, Chris Matthews, Chris Matthews is on MSNBC. Hardball has been, you know, not kind to Bernie Sanders no, over the over, past four years. Yeah, even you know, longer if you go back. Yeah, but yeah, he's he, just, yeah, <laughs> even longer. But he's not been kind to him. You know, begrudgingly says kind things about him. And then last night it seemed pretty begrudgingly since he said, I, "I'm not exactly sure on the quote, but it was something along." The lines of uh, whether you like it or not, Bernie Sanders looks like he's going to win Iowa and New Hampshire. Yeah. So, wow. Wow. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think New Hampshire seems, I mean, like knock on the wood of this table, but New Hampshire seems like a pretty safe lock. Mm -hmm. He's really surging in Iowa. Mm -hmm. um, I hear from our friends and, and neighbors out in Vegas, I, I hear a lot of great things about the strength of, of his candidacy. And obviously we've got... We've had a lot of folks who, you know, who have on this show who came up through the sort of the Bernie grassroots organizations in Nevada, Mike Weiss and um, and Amy Valella and a lot of others who've, who've, who've mm -hmm. been on and, and talked about it and seems strong there, too. I mean, um, yeah. on the topic of sort of unexpected allies, though, I mm -hmm. wanted to read you a few a couple of uh, excerpts from an article that I read yesterday. Sure. I'm not going to tell you the provenance of this article or who wrote it. Okay. I'm going to wait until the end to tell you who it is. But the headline is this. Bernie is not normal. Okay. <laughs> and I will preface this by saying you're going to be shocked at how pretty dead on the article is. Okay. And as opposed to a lot of mainstream media and other publications that um, tend to obfuscate, mm -hmm. uh, they're pretty straightforward. If Sanders had his way, he'd fundamentally change the character of our country. The most substantively outrageous, that's the subheadline. 
uh, the lead is the most substantively outrageous presidential campaign in American history has some serious chance of success. Bernie Sanders is leading or near the top of most polls in the first two Democratic nominating states. Uh, he could possibly win, possibly win both, which would instantly transform the race into a desperate effort to stop Bernie. Sanders doesn't exactly get good press. A lot of punditry understandably wrote him off when Elizabeth Warren eclipsed him in the polls a few months ago. Uh, longer profiles have tended to be fond while expressing skepticism. I'm paraphrasing a little bit okay. and skipping a little bit. Uh, if he had his way, he'd fundamentally change the character of the country. He'd make the United States an outlier in the Western world, not in terms of its relatively li limited government, but its sweeping activism. A hellfire missile aimed right at the federal fisc. Sanders would make Barack Obama's economic agenda look like the work of a moderate Republican. In foreign affairs, he'd bring the Oval Office to uh, uh, he'd bring to the Oval Office a sympathy for America's enemies. Uh, not often heard outside of academia or Noam Chomsky reading groups. He's the American Jeremy Corbyn, a socialist true believer whose fantastical agenda reflects the dictates of dogma. The difference is that Corbyn effectively promised a return to socialist imposed stagnation, whatever he shits on Corbyn here for a second. Um, his domestic program, uh, according to Brian Riedel of the Manhattan Institute, yeah, okay, uh, would cost nearly $100 trillion over the next decade. It would more than double the federal spending and blow past Western, uh, Western European social democracies in government profligacy. Um, <laughs> they go on to like kind of just say about everything that's cool about all of his plans. And uh, Sanders does indeed have his charms. He's sincere, consistent, and inarguably himself. He now has a step on frenemy Elizabeth Warren in the leftist lane of the primaries because he's not as painfully calculating as she is. Yep. But make no mistake, Sanders is a socialist, continuing his takeover attempt of the Democratic Party. Fuck yeah, bring it on. To, <laughs> to forge what he aptly calls a political revolution. He may be more polite than Trump, but he's wildly outside the mainstream and a clear and present danger to the public welfare. Oh, right up until the very end, yeah. you had me. Right up until that part. So... This pretty fucking good article about Bernie was written by Rich Lowry of the National Review. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> Which, uh, if anybody ever reads the National Review, well, I would recommend not doing it. But right. <laughs> I don't know. What, along with the, um, you know, that poll that we were talking about in this sort of search, what, it, what does it tell you that the right is able to more accurately articulate what Bernie Sanders actually is, of course, with a, some panic right. and you know well, left baiting and thrown in there. Then, then the mainstream or the the accepted left. They're trying. They, I mean, it's because they're not trying to like stumble over each other, trying to destroy Bernie for you know some type of reason for some other Democrat. Like basically, right. they're at this point. I feel like the Republicans. They're not trying to get in way into it. So like they're going to just. Tell it like it is, obviously, with that little ending. Yeah. Uh, but that's a that's a good question. I think they're trying to play. They're going to be more straightforward because it's not their group. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, I just don't think that the liberal media can be fair because they have sides that they've already chosen. Right. And that they're tech. I'm not going to say working for. I don't want to sound completely conspiratorial. But technically, some people that they lean toward. And uh, I think that's why I think that the... The liberal media just does not want to let Bernie, you know, become the president. Well, I, I said this that uh, I think I tweeted this the other day. If, if people are pissed off right now at that establishment that you're talking about, just taking their mask off and fighting and doing everything they can, clawing to keep the, whoever is paying their consultancy, you know, mm -hmm. invoices every month um, from losing. 
just wait until Bernie's won three or four states and they start sucking up to try to get jobs. Oh, right. Because exactly. they're always career yep. first, these yes. people. And as soon as they're like, okay, Bernie, it looks like you're in pretty you're in the catbird seat now, but uh if you really want to be able to navigate yeah. DC, you're gonna need to hire my uh-huh. K Street firm I've, and it's gonna be I've seen it almost uh, somewhat. Didn't Jennifer Palomari uh say something positive? She said something positive last week, like wow, Bernie, that this poll is really important. People should take notice. Um yeah, like that brings up a good point more towards of why the the mainstream slash liberal media doesn't cover him as fair. Uh, and that's because I forgot to mention that a lot of times these consultant groups that are working for either the Democratic Party or other uh, left organizations, they are the ones you see on television, on MSNBC speaking. They have these right. consultants, ex-Hillary Clinton staffers, Always. you know, people that like have a grudge mm-hmm. against Bernie Some Sanders. Axe the grind, yeah. Uh, and then those are the people who you are delivering you the news. Um, so I think that's why the mainstream media has been less fair to Bernie um, compared to the Republican side, because maybe there's less jobs on the line for them on that side, whereas this side's trying to destroy Bernie. They want to keep their their uh, comfy positions, their comfy consultant jobs. Um, and it's pretty sick. I mean, they the last time uh, Bernie ran, they had d- people that were hired as consultants for the DNC, um, you know, going on MSNBC and saying, or even putting op-eds in certain uh, publications, just bashing Bernie, talking about Bernie bros, all the, the classic stuff. And these are people that are also working for the Democratic Party. Yeah. So I hope, I mean, I know we're kind of going down that same road. I'm just hoping that, like you're saying, if he does start winning these first few states, that they're like, wait, I kind of want a job. Yeah, yeah, it's going to happen. It'll happen. Yeah. Um, so look. People need to register. What can they do right now if they live in Florida or really anywhere? Like, what what's the easiest way to get registered? I would hope that if you're listening to the show, goddamn you, you should be registered already. But uh, well, I'm I'm a little bit biased on that question mm-hmm. because I um, part of a team of VR that uh, you know at the Florida Immigrant Coalition. We're doing a VR program, and I'd love you to sign up with one of my lovely canvassers <laughs> if yes. you would like to. But if that is not the easiest way for you to sign up and you really need to be signed up, um, I, you can do it online. I would make sure if you do it online that everything goes through because we are in the crunch time and you want to make sure you're you're really processed and it's happening, right. that the computer doesn't go down. or Especially some, in Florida where we have a uh, not a great history of being, you right. know, great you, at get, keeping people getting people registered and keeping them registered correct yeah. so you can do it at some libraries you can do it at some social security offices there's plenty of places um and at every college campus you're going to see canvassers right now um my team goes to fiu and miami dade and there's other organizations as well that are at these places that are registering voters so there's lots of opportunities there's lots of places and at you know last uh, resort, uh, resort, you could go online to do it as well. And you might be headed to Iowa in the coming days. Correct. Um, so, but I know that there's an issue getting you there. So tell us about yes. that and what people can do to help get specifically Jeff yes. to Iowa. So I was contacted by Bernie's campaign. They're looking to get people out to Iowa because the caucus is coming up February 3rd or 4th, I forgot the exact date, but it's in the, the third, I think, yeah, the third. very first week of February, and they need people in Iowa knocking on doors and getting the word out. They actually told me they need some bilingual, if anyone out there also has a way to get to Iowa. Uh, they need bilingual. Uh, the hell do they need bilingual for I in don't, Iowa? I don't know, but the that's what they were requesting. <laughs> um, so yeah, for, as of 
for me, I have a job where I basically can only do this on the weekend to get out there. And I've been if I could get a flight out there, I will be able to pay for everything else. I think they've got uh, lodging for me and I'll be able to buy my own food and all that type of stuff. But yeah. I just need a little bit of help to get out there. These bastard airlines. These are... bastard airlines. The last I checked, it looked like it was round trip around twelve to 1300. I may be incorrect. Someone sent me a link online real quick. I didn't check it because we started doing this interview, but yeah. someone sent me a link that there may be a little cheaper um, for some flights. So you could ride with Kevin Costner and James Earl Jones for less than that. I would love to. to. <laughs> yeah, right. For their for the dreams. <laughs> so I'm going to put up a GoFundMe on my Twitter page is where you'll probably be able to find it, um, and that's at at Jeff Miami. Um, that's or, Jeff G E O F F. Yes, G E O F F. Not G E F F. Who knows? Who, who knows who Jeff Miami? Is, right. So. If you look up Jeff Miami with the G, I will be the first person to come up. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna try to get out there to Iowa, and I told them I will knock on doors for every shift that they have on Saturday and Sunday. Just take some breaks to eat and drink some water, and back at it. Like I'm more than happy to be out there and give my entire day to making sure people hear about Bernie in Iowa because the first few states are the ones that matter the most. Um, and then, yeah, I'll just fly on back in on Sunday so I can, Sunday night, so I can be to be at work on Monday helping register voters in Florida. So, so help out, help out, Jeff, help him get to yes, Iowa. If you we can use help. every Bernie hand up there that we possibly can. Yeah, if you want to just give $2, 50 cents. I don't care what it is. <laughs> uh, also, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review to the show. You follow us on Twitter at Bird Road Podcast. And don't forget, we have two live shows coming up February 17th. We're going to be at the Golden Tiki in Las Vegas. Um, for we've, we've dubbed that show. Uh, uh, what was the name we came up with? It? Oh, yeah. Because it's on President's Day. So that's going to be uh, All Presidents Go to Hell is the name of that show. And then March 15th, we're going to be here at Gramps in Wynwood. So, um, yeah, I mean, those are on Eventbrite or Facebook events. I think they're on both. So check them out. Uh, Jeff, thanks for coming by. Thank you. Thank you.